Well, the story of Jonah is in the Old Testament. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now uh, here and up in Wakefield. They're coming up and down the aisles. Just raise your hand. If you don't have one, uh, the ushers will give you one. It's yours to keep. Every week, we give away Bibles because we believe the words in there, when you read them and apply them to your life, will guide you and show you the way to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you don't have one, make sure you get one in your hands. You can uh, follow along in there as I read, or you can look on the screen. Uh, the story of Jonah is in the Old Testament. And Jonah was a prophet, and, and he got a whole book dedicated to him in the Old Testament. That's pretty important. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this story about a man named Jonah. We're also going to be looking at Jonas's brothers and how they're doing on the touring trail. Jonah chapter 1 starts out, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amati. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I've seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went aboard, hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. This story of Jonah is the story of a man on the run. See, running is nothing new. You, you may not run physically, but I guarantee there are people in this room today who are running. You, you may not take off and, and jump on a boat and, and go to another country, but, but there are people who have learned God's will and then said, no thanks. I, I don't want to go that way. I don't want to follow it. And if you're a runner today, you know what it feels like. Because at one time or another, we all run. We all clearly know what God's will is, or maybe you don't have a clue what it is, but you know something's not right and the wheels are spinning. But, but when people find out God's will for their life and what they're supposed to do, and they go in the opposite direction, they're running. You know that little nagging that, that you have inside when you, you know you're headed down the wrong path, and you know that it could lead to something that you're going to regret, but you still do things your own way. That's running from God. And if you're a former runner like I am, you'll find out what Jonah found out when you stop running. You'll find out that you can run away from God, but you can't get away from God. See, people run in a couple of different ways. People run, just generally run. You, you find out God's will for your life, but you take off in another direction, or maybe something bad has happened in your life and caused you to say, God, I'm just going to keep you out here at arm's length. I don't want to get close to you. Please don't get close to me. I'm just going to live my life the way you want, and, and just leave me alone. Generally, a lot of people just run through life. But also, people run specifically. When you find out something you're supposed to do and you do the opposite, or you do something you know is not any good for you and you know this is going to lead you down the wrong path, but you do it anyway. You might be teetering on the edge of addiction and you still go in that direction knowing that it's not good for you, knowing where it's going to end up. If you're single, maybe you're dating somebody that you know he or she's not good for you. You know it. But you date them anyway because they're cute. And you figure, well, it's easier to make them a Christ follower than it is to make them good looking. So I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to stay with this person. But you know they're not any good for you and you stick with it. People who specifically run from God know what's right and they don't do it. 
You know, my favorite snack, my favorite pastry is an orange scone from Panera. Any other orange scone lovers in the audience? Come on, aren't those awesome? I mean, I go by there a couple times a week, get a nice warm one. It's great. And I know it's not good for me. I know it's full of fat. I know that orange coating over the top is probably more calories than I should eat in the entire day. But I eat it and I enjoy it just because I want to. And knowing that it's going to go from my mouth to cause my belt to have to go out another notch and my my inseam to increase, but I do it anyway. And people who run from God know it's not good for them, but they do it anyway. I can remember in college, lying in my college apartment in my bed, very aware that I was running from God, very aware of the life I was supposed to be living and yet aware of the life I'd chosen to live knowing that I was running away from God. My apartment was located close to this train yard where they came in and they traded, changed cars, and when they would bang together, they would make this huge noise and the ground would shake, and I can remember waking up going, oh, no, you know, it's it. That's it. I'm, I'm running the wrong direction. God's coming back, and I know where I'm going to go after this. Oh, man, you know, so I knew I was running from God, and, and you've probably been there too. Maybe today. Just in this first few minutes, you're thinking, man, how did he know that I'm one of those people who are running? Maybe you're running from the commitment you know you're supposed to have in your marriage. And, and you're about to get close to something that you know where it's going to lead. But yet you just keep going in that direction and you just keep running. Maybe there's other commitments that you're running away from or relationships that you're in that you know you shouldn't be in but you continue to run. Or maybe you're having a hard time forgiving yourself when God says, look, I forgive you, but you're running from the fact that there's a God who wants to forgive you and make you whole. Maybe you're running from looking in the mirror and being honest that there's some things in your life that you need to change. Maybe when you heard Darren talk about the baptism service today, something inside said, you know, I keep saying no to that, but it's time I take that step and you're not sure. And and, and that's running. Maybe you're running from what God would have you do. Talking about Jonah hearing from God and me kind of hearing from God, you might think, wait a minute, I've never heard from God. God's never spoken to me audibly. I've never heard him say, do this or do that. Well, neither have I. In my office, on my bookshelf where I keep all of my Bibles, there's one that's more special than all the other ones. It's an old, beat-up blue Bible that's got the back coming off of it. If you open up that Bible and read in the front, it says, From this book, I learned how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I wrote those words in 1988 as a sophomore in college when I started opening up God's Word and I began to read it and I felt Him Speak to me. And if you want to hear God's voice, open up His Word. He talks to you through that. That's why it's so important. And every week we say, bring down Bibles. And every week we say, we believe those words can change your life. Because that's how God can communicate to you. And when you read God's Word and He communicates to you through that, then you have a choice. Am I going to do what I want to do? Am I going to do what Jonah did and just say, sorry God? I'm going to go my own way on this one. I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. I'm not going to live it the way you ask. I'm just going to run down the road I want to go down. As Jonah ran, 
as I've run and maybe you have run too, you find out things. You find out that God will often ask you to do things you don't want to do. God did it with Jonah. He said, Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I've seen how wicked its people are. Jonah didn't want to do it. He had good reason not to want to do it because Nineveh was the capital of Assyria and the Assyrians hated the Israelites. Not only did they hate them, they tried to conquer them over and over. They would come into their villages and they would kill the men. They would, they would rape the women. They would take the children. They would take them off into slavery. And sometimes they would bring the men all out at the gates of the city and cut all their heads off and put them on poles so the Israelites would know, hey, we Assyrians are tougher than you, we're meaner than you, and, and you are under our subjection. And so anytime they were around Assyrians, you can imagine if you're an Israelite, you're a little bit scared. So Jonah gets this request from God. This wasn't like the first time Jonah had ever heard from God. He was a prophet. He regularly heard from God. And now God's asking him to do something that he has a legitimate reason for not wanting to do. You might get killed. You might get your head lobbed off. So God, I don't think I'm going to go. Jonah just takes off in another direction. He, in fact, he just doesn't like go down the street and ignore God. He physically takes off and goes 2,500 miles in the opposite direction of where God wanted him to go. So running from God is hearing what he wants you to do and going in the opposite direction or just saying no. Hearing God say, this is the life I want you to live and saying no thanks. No thanks, I'm going to run. Hearing God say, don't live with guilt, and saying, sorry God, guilt's become like a warm blanket around me and I find security in it and I'm just going to wallow in my guilt. Hearing God say, accept my forgiveness, and you say, no, I'd rather just beat myself up for the rest of my life about a mistake. Or maybe you're the one refusing to forgive, saying, I'm going to hold it for the rest of my life till they pay. I'm not going to let them feel any forgiveness. You might be thinking, well, I don't, I don't know if God's ever asked me to do something I don't want to do. If you've never been motivated or, or, or asked through God's word or circumstances to do something you don't want to do, maybe you're not listening to God. Because as I read the Bible, that happens on a pretty regular basis. I have rarely had people sit in my office, it's happened, and say, you know, God wants me to do this, or God doesn't want me to, do, or I don't, I don't want to do this, but God wants me to do this, so I'm going to do it. I don't want to do it, but I know God's wanting me to, so, so I'm going to do it. Most of the time, people pray and get these ooey gooey feelings and think, oh God just must want this for me because it makes me happy and it makes me smile and it, it looks great and it feels great. So all of the sudden I'm praying and I'm fusing my will with God's will and then I pass off what's really my will as God's. And miraculously somehow what I want so bad just happens to be what God says, okay, you can do it. I've had people come to me and say, oh, God, God wants me to have, God wants me to do this. We've prayed about it, and I just, I just know it. And by the way, it makes me so happy. It's what I really want. How about doing the right thing because it's the right thing 
whether you want to do it or not, and not passing off your wants as God's will. Runners know that you can always find a boat going in the wrong direction. When you're running, there will always be something to run to. Always. You will sometimes even find it easy to run. And what may seem like an opportunity or the greatest thing ever or the greatest person is actually a boat going in the wrong direction. And when you jump on that boat, it not only affects you, but it affects all the people around you. It doesn't only put you at risk, but it puts innocent people around you at risk too. Listen to what happened to Jonah. After he got on the boat, it says, But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. Here's these guys who make their living with this cargo, and now Jonah, who's running from God, gets on the boat. They didn't do anything, and now they've got to get rid of all the stuff they were going to sell to make their money. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he'll, he'll pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which one of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What's your line of work? What country are you from? Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. And you know Jonah's got to be saying that thinking, oh man, I thought I was a long way from God. I just thought I was so far away from God, it was okay to take a nap. And God was over in Nineveh doing his thing and I'm here on this ship taking a nap. And oh no, God found me. He's here. So Jonah begins to think, oh no, you you can run away from God, but you can't get away from God. And even though these guys on the boat were innocent, they were affected. And when you run, you affect others. Because when the storm comes, they're in it with you. Your spouse is in it with you. When the walls come crumbling down and you've run in a direction so far, and you've pulled them with you, when you collapse they collapse. When the storm comes for you, the storm comes for them. You know, my biggest regrets in life, when I can clearly identify that I took a boat in the wrong direction. And did you ever notice when people run, they run to the most dangerous places, maybe into the arms of somebody else, maybe into an addiction, maybe into habits that are just not good for them. Or maybe they run to a place where they're all alone. Runners who have stopped running find that you can't hide from God. And if you're like me, when when your kids were little, you may have played hide and go seek with them. And you would count to 50 and they would go somewhere and hide in the house and, and you would come into the room and it was, it's clear where they are, that there's a bulge in the curtains and you see two little feet sticking out, and but you're still going around looking, where'd you go? Where is he? Where'd she go? I can't see her, but you see their feet, and you know they're standing behind the curtain going, oh, I got him fooled. I've got him so fooled. This is a, this is a great hiding place. I'm going to remember it and use it for the rest of my life because they can't see me when I'm behind here. 
Sometimes when people run from God, that's what they think he's like. Like he's running around going, where did Jonah go? I mean, hey, Jesus, angel, somebody up there, could you help me find Jonah? He was right here. I asked him to go preach to Nineveh. He said, no, and now I don't see him anywhere. I can't find him. We tried out goldfish for a while in our family and it didn't work. They died, we'd go get another one. They died, we'd go get another one. God's not like that. God doesn't say, oh, he's gone, she's gone. I'll just, I, I got a few billion more. I'll just get another one. I'll just call somebody else to preach Nineveh. But God's will for Jonah's life is that he would do this. And he found that, I, I can't hide from God. I think I'm on this ship out in the middle of this dangerous sea and, and here I am about to die, and God has found me. Oh, what am I going to do? I tried to run from God, but I couldn't get away from him. And finally, they make a decision. Well, we're just going to throw Jonah overboard. We have to, because the lot fell to him. He, he said it's his fault. So, see you, Jonah. I hope you can swim. So they pick him up, and they throw him overboard. And if you're reading through the book of Jonah, it says when they did that, that God provided a fish to swallow Jonah. So somewhere out in the middle of this sea is this huge fish. Gosh, how big would it have to be? And God somehow tells this fish, there's a man coming, you just better yawn because he's going in and, and, and he needs to be there for a few days. And right in the middle of the storm, right in the middle when, when Jonah must have thought, that's it, my life is over, I've disobeyed God, I've run from God, right in the middle of all this, God provides safety for Jonah. God was right there with him. When he thought he was so far away from God, it was okay to take a nap. God was right there. And he found that you can run away from God, but you can't get away from God. This is talked about in the New Testament. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that says? That while we're still running, while we have no awareness of it, God is still making plans for our return. He's making plans for the day we hang up our running shoes and say, you know what, I'm finished running. Unfortunately, God may have to send a storm to get your attention. Not to, not to pay you back, but to bring you back. See, God is more concerned with what happens in you than what happens to you. Because what happens in you is eternal. What happens to you, those are just circumstances, and that's all temporary. But God knows that what's inside of you is eternal, and he's much more concerned with that than any circumstances you've gotten yourself into. Today, I'm sure you've been thinking, gosh, I am, I am running. I am going in another direction. I, I do know what's right, and I still don't do it. And yeah, I'm, I'm a runner. Well, today I'm asking you to consider hanging up your running shoes. Because you can run away from God, but you can't get away from God. And He is right there with you. You might think you've separated yourself from God by a huge distance, but you haven't. He's right there in the middle of whatever storm you've caused. What, whatever consequences you're dealing with, God is right there saying, would you just stop running? I'm not going anywhere. You're not going to get away from me. It's not like you're a kid behind the curtains. I know where you are. 
A few years back, I was at a college camp with a bunch of college students talking about this very topic, about running from God and talking about Jonah. And after the campfire was over one night, a student came to me and he had this brown sack. And he opened it up and began to pull things out of it. He pulled out a bunch of credit cards that he had stolen. He pulled out some pills. I don't even know what they were. And then he pulled out a bag of marijuana. And just with tears, this huge guy, big, big muscular guy with tears running down his face, he said, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of this life. He said, could you just trash all this stuff for me? I'm finished. We've all got some kind of bag full of stuff that we've gathered as we've been running. So you may have to jettison some things. Maybe a, maybe a relationship you're not supposed to be in. Maybe an addiction that you continually allow yourself to be overtaken by until maybe you don't even have any control over it now. But if we're going to stop running, those of us that have stopped running, know that there are some things in life you, you just got to jettison, you just got to get rid of. Because no matter how far you think you are from God, you can run away from Him, but you can't get away from Him. So today, just right there in your seat, as we're singing these last couple songs, you can, you can make a decision to just stop running. If you do that today, come, come talk to me. Come talk to Darren. Come talk to somebody, one of the other pastors on staff. If you're just tired of running, just come up and say, yeah, I'm tired of running. What do I need to do? How many, by a show of hands, I rarely do this. I know it's risky. How many people besides me have run? How many have run? All right. That's a lot. I won't ask who's running, but if you're running, hold your hands back up if you have run in the past. I'll back up. You just had them up. All right, go talk to one of those people and say, how'd you stop? How'd you quit? How'd you get past it? How did you finally realize I can't run anymore? Go talk to one of those people. And if you're running, you don't have to do it anymore. I hope you come back for this whole series as we talk about the consequences of running, how to stop, and where God can take our life when we say, I'm finished with this. You can run away from God, but you can't get away from God. Let's pray. God, thank you for your unconditional love. Thank you for coming for us even when we think you are a long way off. Thank you for being with us in our rebelliousness, in our running. And God, when we catch a boat going in the wrong direction, thank you for catching that boat with us. And God, for anybody here that's going through a storm right now, allow them to feel your presence just like Jonah did. Allow them to see your provision for them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.